Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Agile Weekly Podcast. I'm Drew Swear, and with me is Alex Slowly, uh, who works for a company called Deloitte. Uh, Alex, what, uh, what kind of work do you do for Deloitte? Uh, well, Deloitte is a global company. I work in the consulting uh, functional area for Deloitte. Uh, I'm in a service line called uh, Deloitte Digital. We're a brand new service line. Uh, I am a senior engagement manager uh, on a tactical basis, effectively. I'm a, a scrum of scrum master or an agile coach here within this uh, service line. Okay. So is that what it means by senior engagement manager is, is kind of the scrum of scrum master or agile coach or is there more to it? Yeah, senior engagement manager, uh, since we're a consulting company, uh, we deal with external clients. Uh, so from the senior engagement manager side, I'm managing the relationship with the clients. But internally and tactically, I'm running multiple scrum teams for the clients as we work on their projects. Okay, great. Okay, so you're, you're helping the, your clients uh, implement scrum and, and run scrum and, and you're helping coaching them through that. Well, actually, we, we, we develop uh, mobile applications and uh, mobile-optimized websites. So we're actually building internal product here using uh, Scrum okay. and, and delivering it for our clients. Oh, okay. Cool. Very good. So uh, you know, a lot of people have, have different takes on Agile and, and what it means to them. Um, how, what, how is your flavor of Agile different than what you might read in a book? Right. Yeah, I think uh, I came from a product uh, scrum background personally before I came to uh, Deloitte Digital. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the big difference here is that you're working in a consulting model. So there are several key differences between what I would call uh, traditional scrum and the scrum we execute here. Um, The biggest being that the product owner is typically not co-located with the team. Okay. So, for example, if we're working with Alaska Airlines on an iPhone application, the product owner is on the client side but is located at Alaska Airlines corporate headquarters and not with the team here. At uh, we, we work out of Seattle called the Ubermind Studio. So the, the, the development team is all here at Ubermind Studio, but the product owner is remotely located. And that's that's the biggest difference. The other uh, big difference I see in the consulting world of Scrum is that there's some level of uh, upfront estimation that needs to be done on a project for contractual reasons mm-hmm. so that you can provide uh, a general level of effort estimate to the client and in general how much the project is going to cost in the long term. Okay, so you you're confronted with having to provide kind of a little more hardened estimates than maybe traditionally people in agile projects do. Like right. in, in my mindset, you know, uh, you try to focus on the, uh, the iteration, you know, every sprint having a potentially deliverable product and right. the, the plans in the future are, are fairly fuzzy. Um, and you kind of focus on the, on the iterative development. So because of the contracts you have to do, you're faced with you're not you're not able to do that as much has that how have you handled that has it been very hard or or how do you do that i definitely think it is a challenge um in general i think it leads to uh certain practices here that we 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 need to do to uh, fulfill those contractual requirements number one i think we probably do 
more road mapping than is usual because we're trying to forecast ahead of time. The other thing I would say slightly different is that um, we try to get a general feel of the entire backlog uh, in a sprint zero. So sprint zero is critical uh, here in the consulting world because we have to kind of get a general overview of the entire backlog, a general uh, estimate of total story points so we can come up with a long-term vision of how long a project's going to take at a standard velocity. So uh, we also have to phrase our contracts uh, in such a way that it's clear to the client that this is ongoing work. Mm -hmm. And I think because we're in the consulting world, we do have to do more evangelizing and socializing and educating of uh, Scrum and Agile methodologies to the client. So a lot of times when, when I try to estimate things, you know, big projects early on, you know, I fall short a lot or it's just, it, it turns out way different than what you imagined. In, in your practice, is, is there a negotiation phase where when you realize it's not, it looks like we're not going to make it or, or maybe the product owner says, you know what, I, I kind of want to shift paths on this, which will kind of invalidate right. some of this other stuff. Uh, is, do you do that much or, or not much? Well, the thing is, uh, because we're in the mobile application world, mm-hmm. uh, the actual uh, life cycles of the product themselves are extremely rapid. Okay. So we can produce a mobile application for a client in three to four months. Okay, so you're still on, on, a, on a shorter, oh, on yeah. a short time span in general. Okay. Yeah, so we're running, uh, I prefer to run uh, one-week iterations at this point. Some right. teams still run two-week iterations, but... We're moving pretty much as a as a uh, service line towards one week iterations exclusively, uh, and that means changes are extremely rapid. Um, but we don't have the kind of impact from a uh, dependency that would say affect an eighteen month long project. Right. Uh, and since the scope is really uh, refined and somewhat narrow, I think it makes it a little easier to do that upfront estimation. But I think uh, we do place a lot of emphasis on Sprint Zero uh, simply because uh, working with a uh, client is much different than working on an internal product for, say, an enterprise company. And. And with you talked about the the product owner not uh, you know not being close with the team as far as proximity, right? Do you still get uh, daily standups? Do you still get those um, sprint reviews? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like demonstrations, yeah. that kind of thing. I think uh, that's one of our efforts when we uh, go into that sprint zero with the client is we have to set these expectations. Hey, look, you're signing up to provide a product owner, and we clearly lay out what the product owner role entails, mm-hmm. how much time and work is involved. So yes, uh, on a project, I expect uh, the client product owner to be available for all stand-ups, plannings, reviews, retrospectives, uh, meetings on architecture, uh, anything that you would expect from a PO and uh, a uh, co-located team. Oh, great. So now I, I also saw on your um, LinkedIn profile that you had experience at Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, h- how has that helped you, you know, your mindset where you are now? 
Uh, Microsoft, uh, in general, uh, uses a flavor of Scrum that I call uh, capacity Scrum, uh, similar to Amazon in that you use ideal hours uh, and capacity and you plan for a uh, load of individuals on the team. Mm-hmm. So I think I've, I've made a conscious decision to actively move away from that model uh, while uh, uh, transforming the organization here into the use of Scrum. So, uh, but I think Microsoft is a great place to start and to uh, hone your enterprise level skills. Mm-hmm. So, can you explain a little more capacity based Scrum mm. and hours? I, I didn't really get that. So, at uh, Microsoft, mm-hmm. Uh, a typical Scrum practice is you establish an individual team member's uh, load, which is just how many day, hours per day they can uh, do actual work. Okay. A typical uh, percentage at Microsoft is 50%. So if you have a, one dev on a Scrum team, mm-hmm. he can only provide four hours a day of actual work. Because the rest is taken up by like meetings or interruptions or... Yeah, exactly. Okay. So then you uh, calculate capacity based on the number of people, the percentage uh, each day they can work called load. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, based on your iteration length, you calculate how many hours are available uh, per sprint. And then when you're doing your estimations for stories, you break them down in tasks into tasks and assign uh, hours to those tasks and tally them up and subtract them from the capacity until you reach zero, and that's how you determine how much work you can do in a sprint. Mm -hmm. And they do the exact same thing at Amazon, except they just call it ideal hours. Yeah, I I do something similar, at least I have. We called it uh, commitment-driven planning, where, you know, we've got our sprint velocity, and you know, we can we can get an idea based off our, our previous velocities or whatever, or the average of how many stories we can take in, but we won't necessarily commit to all those stories until we break it up into tasks and figure out, based off the hours, do we have enough time? It, right. Uh, cool. And it, now, is that is that different than than what you use at, at Deloitte? Or, or, or? Absolutely. Uh, within the Ubermind studio here at Deloitte Digital, um, I advocate strictly story point estimation and no hour estimation whatsoever. And is there a, is there does that cause you to focus on something else or, or why the shift? Uh, the shift, I think, is uh, through my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were several reasons I discontinued the use of that that practice. Mm-hmm. Number one being that it just takes more time to break stories down into those granular tasks. Right. Okay. And uh, assign hours to them. I'd say it probably increases your planning time by 400% somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Number two, it kind of gets the team away from thinking about tasks or stories in a relative fashion. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about is this bigger than that or is this smaller than that. They're thinking in hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. the other thing I, I think is that it's great for senior executives or managers who often focus on is the team working to their capacity. They're looking at that burn down chart and all they really care about is that is that trend reaching zero, zero, zero. 
mm-hmm. uh, when rather I would have uh, – I, I actually prefer burn up and looking at how much value is added over time. Mm, okay. Yeah, I can see that shift. Uh, also, uh, I, I read on your LinkedIn profile that you mentioned your job should be fun. Uh, how, how do you try to incorporate that in the work that you do? Absolutely. I do uh, uh, fun little things uh, during uh, estimation, for example. If I get bored, rather than estimating on zero, I'll say something like, we're estimating on banana. And then mm-hmm. I'll say pomegranate, peach, pear, banana, and, and then little silly things like that. I've also used uh, retrospective uh, fortune cookies. Okay. Uh, those are pretty cool. Those spark some interesting conversations. I'm a big believer in holding retrospectives, if not at a local bar, then getting a couple of six packs and bringing it into the team. Mm-hmm. I'm also a, a big believer in doing uh, some very basic exercises every now and then. Uh, like tribes and constellation, you see a lot of people use those kinds of things at open spaces. Mm-hmm. I also uh, uh, like to do regularly planned uh, morale events. Take take the team out to the shooting range. Take the team out and go to whirly ball stuff like that. That's important, right? Yeah, that, that's all good stuff. Uh, and you know, to, to kind of close here. Uh, we you know we've talked a lot about diff- you know flavors of agile and and different right. ways to implement it. Um, for you, what is your passion with this stuff? Why why did you gravitate your career towards um, helping other people uh, implement agile and running agile uh, software projects? That's a great question. I think uh, for me, it was spending a long time delivering in the waterfall. Uh, model and seeing it fail again and again and again. Uh, and then going into agile where really the focus is on the, the team and the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do like process and I, I've heard, you know, people talk about it is agile or scrum a process or not. And I think it's a framework that, that, allows you to operate in an agile fashion. Yeah, I guess I would call it a process, mm-hmm. but it's a very clean and streamlined process that that puts the emphasis on the 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 team and the individuals. I think it just leads to better work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I've seen it lead to more successful projects in terms of actually delivering on time. And the thing I've seen happen more than once and which is probably the ultimate uh, validation of this methodology is uh, spinning up an agile team, bringing in a product owner from a client who doesn't really know much about agile or specifically scrum in our case. And then through the process, they learn to love it and go back to their uh, company and implement Scrum or Agile within the company based on the success that they saw working with us. Mm-hmm. I think it just speaks volumes. Yeah, that's all good stuff. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Alex. Uh, do you have anything to uh, promote or share uh, as a final word? So I, I welcome everybody to go to DeloitteDigital.com and check out some of the, the clients we've worked with, like Alaska Airlines and Target and REI. 
and we will be hosting a mobile agile QA conference in Fremont, Seattle, October 19th called the MacCon. And you'll be able to find more information online by Googling soon. Awesome. Sounds fun. All right. Thanks a lot. And if for the listeners, if you want to join in on the conversation, uh, find us at facebook.com slash Agile Weekly. All right. Thanks a lot, Alex. Great. Thank you. Is there something you'd like to hear in a future episode? Head over to integramtech.com slash podcast where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Integram Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integramtech.com or subscribe on iTunes.